the players in the chain that sit between the shareholders and the issuers need some obligations and requirements to facilitate the shareholders' rights that they get under the directive rather than anything that the shareholder needs to do. The shareholders don't have obligations under SRD, they just gain benefit from it. Who are we talking about when we talk about intermediaries? What are these intermediaries between shareholders and the company they own shares in? That's a really good question. I think, first of all, both the the Shareholder Rights Directive and the implementing regulation that accompanies it quite clearly define who they deem to be an intermediary. And there are different types of intermediary, but they're essentially the firms that perform some kind of administration function over securities accounts that they hold on behalf of their clients holding European shares. For example, a custodian is a, is a typical type of intermediary, but prime brokers, retail brokers, wealth managers, if they're providing that kind of administrative service over securities accounts for their clients, then they're really deemed to be an intermediary. And I would encourage anybody that's in any doubt about what is an intermediary with regard to the directive actually looks at those definitions and, and satisfies themselves. All the people you've just named, all the, the kinds of businesses you've just covered, hold shares for people, they, they manage the ownership of shares. Are those firms really the people who need to be worrying about what's in SRD2? Should the company itself not be communicating with the shareholder? One of the main goals of the directive is really to encourage engagement, particularly long-term engagement between shareholders and companies in in both directions really, but still maintaining the purpose of the the chain of intermediaries. It's there for a reason. So those intermediaries really, in some cases they don't offer any services to their clients for shareholder meetings. In some cases it's a very selective service. Those intermediaries should pay attention to this directive and the regulation because obligations on them now mean that they have to facilitate the rights. So that means that they have to be passing on a, a shareholder meeting announcement, for example, to the shareholder, you know, within same day timelines and also facilitating any participation request that the shareholder has, whether that's to vote or whether that's to attend the meeting. There'll be uh, measures and penalties if they don't comply with that regulation, which will be set by each member state. So there's a really clear obligation on intermediaries now to to pay attention to to what's in the directive and the regulation. What we're talking about effectively then is they have got to be responsible for what I would describe as a fast messaging service. They have to respond to something the company says, get it out to the people there, the custodian of the shares of, and you say same day. Yeah, so the the issuer's obligation under the directive and the regulation is to make available the official meeting announcement to the first intermediary in the chain in, in an electronic and machine-readable format that's in, a, in an internationally recognised standard. And that's important. The reason that that's specifically mentioned in the regulation that covers the directive is to facilitate straight-through processing. Because the intermediaries have to pass that information on on the same day that they receive it, the only way they're really going to be able to achieve that is if they can pass that data through their systems to the next intermediary without manipulating or touching it. It has to be straight through. So that's a really important point. You mentioned there to the next intermediary. How many intermediaries are there likely to be between a shareholder and, and the company they own shares in? The regulation actually breaks out the definition of intermediary into different types of intermediary based on their, their role and where they sit in the chain. So a typical chain could be a central securities depository, then a local custodian, then a global custodian, and then it could be the shareholder, or there could be another intermediary between the global the wealth custodian, manager. a wealth manager, for example. So there could potentially be four or five intermediaries in, in some extreme cases, or there could be a simple chain with just two or three, but it really varies depending on the holding structure of each of the member states and how shares are registered and how they're typically held, but could be as many as five or six in some extreme cases. And this is where the the technology is going to have to be put in place 
to facilitate that messaging service filtering through all those intermediaries as fast as possible. Is it available now? Currently, in most cases, intermediaries use a messaging standard under 15022-15022, and that's a message set that's shared with corporate actions. It's not that kind of suitable for proxy. There's a lot of reliance on free text in those messages, which hinders some of the STP activities. There's been a, a set of messaging specifically designed for proxy voting, which was designed under the ISO 20022 standard, which is an XML-based message, which is much more structured, much less reliance on free text, much easier to, to automate an STP. Those messages have been in existence and live since 2007, but they really haven't received much take-up. What I'm hoping is that the regulations and the obligations under, under the directive and the regulation will lead to much greater take-up of those messages. They're specifically designed for proxy events. And part of our product evolution to comply and help our clients comply with SRD is to build those messages into our own product capability. So, you know, we're we're really hoping that there'll be a a greater take-up of those messages. Well, there has to be, doesn't there? Proxy messaging is a requirement under SRD too, is it not? It is. We have to be clear here that the regulation doesn't specifically state that the messaging has to be ISO 20022 messages. All it says is that it should be an electronic machine-readable message that uses internationally recognised standards such as ISO. And the reason for that is clearly the Commission doesn't want to mandate a specific technology or a specific uh, messaging standard, and it's really for the industry to determine what that standard should be. So it's possible that some intermediaries may interpret that to mean the existing 15022 messages. So I think what we're seeing, we're, we're talking to lots of the intermediaries that we work with to understand their state of readiness in terms of the messaging, and we're getting a mixed response. Some are ready, some are planning to be ready, some clearly thinking they can rely on on 15022 messaging as well. So what I think will happen is that when we get to the 3rd of September, there'll be a continued evolution as people adapt to the messaging. They are going to face problems if they're still evolving, though, because the directive comes into force, and you're telling me basically the industry is not going to be ready as an industry. So we have to be clear here that that deadline of September is the deadline for member states to transpose the regulation into their national law. So we've got we've got a number of activities that are happening right now uh, that are in, in flux, really. So we've got, as of right now, I believe we have 19 member states have actually transposed the regulation into their national laws. Others are still in draft form. Those transpositions are not a set of very clear, distinct instructions for intermediaries. In some cases, they're, they're just lifting the, the text and the regulation and putting it into the national law. So there are still lots of areas that are open to you know, interpretation or, or differing views. So I think there is some uncertainty across intermediaries about how certain aspects of the regulation will actually work in practice, and, and that's very much dependent on how each member state chooses to transpose the regulation. So I think we're in flux at the moment. I think it's unknown at this stage as to what extent the industry industry will be ready. We obviously are having conversations and we're hearing different messages. Obviously, every, each intermediary has their own product life cycle, their own prioritisation process. And intermediaries have got other things to deal with too. It's not just about you know, the directive and voting. They've got other regulation that they're having to comply with at the same time, which, it, which is a challenge for them as well. So, as, as I say, as we move towards September, we'll, we will get a clearer picture in terms of how, how ready the industry will be.